freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gabe. That right there, Kyle, Porter, and KP. We are on day three of Saudi League Field Watch. I, it feels like day 30. Feels like day 300. We're talking about how long have we been talking about? How long have we known about the potential existence of? Has it been 18 months? Oh, uh, yeah. It's been over a year for sure. It felt like beginning of of uh, 2020. I, I don't know. That, that would be a good thing to go to go back and and figure out. I I feel like it was beginning of 2021, right? But the, remember, there was that weird like momentum from the the PGL. Um, the PGL got off to a hot start going into yeah COVID, right? Going into the 2020 players, yeah, and then that kind of just got curtailed by COVID, and it felt like coming out of the COVID break, the 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 Saudi golf league kind of picked up where the PGL left off and the PGL got forgotten about probably they're kind of the big loser in all this. Right. Whereas they had like all these ideas and they were originally uh, apparently kind of pitching some of these ideas to the Saudis, not so that they could steal them, but so that they could fund them. And then once the PGL realized like, Ah, maybe Saudi money is not the best way to go about this. It felt like the Saudis just sort of took that over and the PGL is kind of just withered away in their wake, right? Yeah, the PGL, they they Ricky Barnes this. They birdied the first three holes on Thursday morning. They got out in front and then couldn't couldn't keep it together for 72 holes. But yeah, they gave the I guess the problem the PGL had, I guess I'm sure they're 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 well-funded, but they're not as well-funded as the Saudis. And they're organized, but not as organized as the PGA Tour. And they kind of gave the blueprint away. They said, hey, this is what we want to do. And the PGA Tour said, cool, thanks. And the Saudis said, sweet, that's awesome, thank you. No, no, no need for you here. It, it was just kind of like they were stuck in the middle. They were, they, and they still are. And I, I think that, I think the PGL, they've done several media things now, uh, maybe most prominently on the the no line up podcast, but uh, I think a lot of their ideas are super interesting. I think, especially in the wake of a lot of the F one stuff that's taken the sports world uh, that has become more prominent in the sports world, especially as it relates to like team golf. Um, but they have not presented them very well. You know, we've seen, I don't know if, if, if I've talked about this publicly or, or, or on the First Cut podcast, but the PGL has just done such a, I think, bad job of even like their copywriting, which sounds like a minuscule thing, but it just hadn't been very professional, which is unfortunate because it makes them, uh, it, it just, it, they, they are, it, it, it it creates a scenario in which they are stuck in the middle and they can't, they just can't seem to get out of it. You know, they're just, I don't know. Do you agree about like their presentation of everything? It's just not been, it's not been what you would want to see from an organization that's trying to either partner with the PGA tour or sort of create a league in which players are breaking away. 
yeah, I think it's I think it's funny that you noticed the copyright, which I didn't, but like I I noticed like the marketing and the branding. And to me, there was that weird, there was that weird few months where no one knew the difference between the PGL and the SGL. And if you are allowing yourself as the PGL to be lumped into, hey, this might be the S are these are the Saudis, I don't know who they are. Like you're not doing a good enough branding job. <laughs> That's Totally true. And I don't know that there was a weird few months. I think it's still ongoing. Like, I don't know if you ask again, we always go back to like our dads, right? Does your dad know the difference between the SGL and the PGL? I don't know if mine does. I, I, I would doubt it. Yeah. Highly doubt it. Which is, it just, I mean, it, it's, it's a, I think for the PGL, it's just wrong place, wrong time and wrong era. You know, it just, it, things have not like broken their way in in so many in so many arenas but i think part of the problem part of their problem is is part of what the s what the what it's not even the sgl anymore it's the live golf what live golf is banking on and that is the fact that they have an endless amount of money whereas the pgl does not uh and that endless amount of money is what we're going to see i think play out starting this week where you get a field that is very mediocre by professional golf standards, by world ranking standards, but that over time starts to wear down the best players in the world when they look over at the live golf events and see that fill in the blank is making $7 million in three months. And they're like, wait a second, I'm way better than player X. I'm going to go over there. And when the 19th ranked player in the world does that, and the 12th ranked player in the world does that. I mean, this, I was reading, I was re kind of refreshing my knowledge today. Saudi Golf League, Rick, uh, they uh, or they uh, promise, what's the word I'm looking for? They earmarked $2 billion for the next however many years to put toward this league. This is not something where it's like, oh, well, the seven events or the eight events in 2022, they didn't go that great because we didn't get any top players. So we're done. No. It is okay. We got uh, enough good players that the top top players will start to take notice, and if we can kind of wear them down and convince them that, or or just sort of normalize the league, the amount of money that's involved will start to draw those guys in, and and that's where I think this gets interesting. Is that it's as bad as they've been? Like they're still playing the long game, and I don't know if they care if it succeeds from a. I know they don't care actually if it succeeds from a from a business standpoint in the short term. And I think that is what the PGA Tour and the PGL and everybody else that's involved with this uh, has to be kind of fearful of, right? Yeah, and it's it's it, it's quite possibly never going to be profitable, but that's not that's not the goal for this league. And you're right. The normalization of all of this, like that's that's the goal. It's to say, yeah, and I think you're exactly right. Oh, the 22nd ranked player in the world. Oh, now the 15th ranked. Well, now it's a lot easier for the 7th ranked player to go. And, and they pick these guys off uh, little by little. We weren't, I wasn't even going to start with this, but since we're here, we might as well just continue down the path. Um, do you find it interesting that this potential first field announcement might come uh, the week of the Memorial, Jack's tournament, after the reports that Jack turned down, what, $100 million uh, to be the face of, of this league? Uh, I, <laughs> it is sort of coincidental. I don't, 
just from talking to people who have are kind of sourced with the live golf stuff. I don't know that anything that they do is on purpose. I think a lot of it is just circumstantial and coincidental and just happens when it happens. I mean, I I've been hearing from different people like, Oh, the field list is coming out today for sure. By, you know, four Eastern today. Ah, uh, well, he got pushed to tomorrow. I've heard that like six times now. And so I don't know that there's a real plan. And if that's true, then I, I don't think they're uh, sort of uh, like, oh, well, we're going to get Jack back by announcing it Memorial Week. Maybe they're happy that it's happening that way. But I can't imagine based on what I know like how much of a circuit circus it is behind the scenes that anything is really planned out when it comes to this this organization there are uh there's two comments that i want to get to here in the chat so one jacob from t leone who says he has been selected as a volunteer at the event in london and he will provide insight so we will hold you to that but kp like if you if we had boots on the ground what would we want to know and i think one of them for me which i always think is hilarious is it almost feels like these players and, and when Sergio had his rant about like, I'll never have to deal with you guys again, is that some way on the golf course, these guys are going to be treated differently than just a regular tour event. They're going to be allowed to take however much time they want. Slugger of Light's going to roll over and give them relief whenever they want it. Like, I don't like I'm interested to see the um, enforcement of the rules, I guess, because there's been this weird argument that, oh, I'll be able to do whatever I want or they won't care when I get to London. Yeah, I think that's one thing. I think the other thing that comes to mind as it relates to what I want to know about the tournament is how logistically organized it is, right? Because, I mean, I just got back from the PGA Championship in Tulsa. It is a, and and I don't say this in a, in a, in a demeaning way. I think the PGA of America does a really good job with its tournaments, but it's, it's a, it's a circus. Like it's a traveling circus, right? You've got, I mean, there's I was I was actually thinking about this as I was walking around there because you've got media stuff happening over here and player dining over here and the fans have to be kind of sectioned off over here and you've got a media center and and it's all it's all like logistical. You're having to set up all these temporary buildings and you've got TV cameras. I mean, there are a million things to think about. And if you can't even get your field list out. (laughs) you know when you when you apparently have said that you're that you're planning on doing it i don't i don't know how you're going to set up a an event that you have to do again in three weeks time in in portland oregon and travel across the world to do i mean it it takes um it is logistically just really extraordinarily difficult to do all this and I just have no faith that it's gonna it's gonna be even like a mediocre run logistical event. The yeah, don't be three days late on player dining like you are three days late on releasing the field list. That probably won't go over so well. I was at the I was at the LPGA event at Shadow Creek. Uh, yeah, this, the, the match the match play, which had no fans, and that is still a logistical. I mean, the shuttle buses, the parking, yes. Uh, the the restrooms uh how where the players walk and the and you don't walk the media it, it's like 
that was probably the smallest possible thing they could have put on there at Shadow Creek, a very small, exclusive place with no spectators. And it was still a huge task. And then they've got to pick it up and, yeah, take it somewhere else in a couple of weeks. I, yeah. I mean, I my faith that that is going to run even remotely s- smoothly is is extremely low. Like, I. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't know what about the last year of Live Golf's organizational uh, acuity it, it like gives me uh, like optimism that this is going to run smoothly because there's there's nothing there's nothing about it. Uh, the other one here from Cole Jacob says, uh, Rick and KP, will you watch if it's televised? Uh, which I guess this is kind of a two part question. Will it be available to be watched, Kyle? Which I assume will just be streamed on YouTube. Yeah, that's uh, that's the word. Is it's on? Uh, sorry, my son was jumping in here. Maybe he's got some. I was gonna say, let's get keep the hot takes to the next some, generation. <laughs> some live golf thoughts. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, apparently streamed on YouTube, which I don't know, man. Like I think that's getting made fun of, and I think some of that is is uh, is not necessarily because it's on YouTube, but because they try to get a Fox or I don't know whoever, like big time organizations and they're like now we're good like we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna run this uh i don't i think you could actually uh put a alternative golf tour on youtube and make it really interesting Uh, i think there's a lot of stuff you can do on that platform that maybe you couldn't do on other um networks or or platforms not networks but i guess platforms uh, but again, what about what live golf has done makes me think that they're going to take full advantage of, <laughs> of like everything YouTube offers to produce a good product. Nothing like there's nothing. Yeah, and so Jacob I says, look at the views that Bryson, uh, at the long drive got right. That that's one example The di- those disc golf leagues do it all on YouTube. And it's awesome. If the PGA Tour just had cameras on, if there was a different YouTube channel for every group I wanted to watch, I wouldn't care if it was on YouTube. Like it's not right, right. It's, not that it's streaming on YouTube. It's the fact that they probably wanted a major deal with a major network. Totally. And everything about this has screamed like, I mean, when Greg Norman is in charge, it's it's not. Um, I don't. It doesn't scream like, oh, we're going to bring this into the modern era and do YouTube really well. Right. Like, I don't I don't know what about him like says that. Uh, so to answer the, the actual question, I. I mean, I think I'll watch because I'll probably have to write about at least the the just how the first event goes, because it's been such a big deal in the golf world. But I don't know what would compel me to watch for entertainment if I didn't have to cover it. I don't know. How, how do you feel about it? Yeah, from. A professional standpoint of keeping up to date with everything that's going on in the world of golf, it is probably required to watch it or at least follow along with what's happening. But I, I again, when I see the field list, and if the field list is headlined by Jason Kokrak, I will not be interested. Like I will not be like, oh, this is something I can't miss. I think I'm. I think I'm more compelled by the match between uh, Mahomes and Brady and all them on Wednesday than I am. Right. Because like, I just, what, what's the hook? Like Jason Kokrak's playing for a lot of money on a average course in London. Like I, I, I just, I don't know what I'm supposed to care about there. Like yeah, I don't, to me, 
to me, the $2 million they're playing for this week is a lot of money. If they're playing for $4 million next week in London, like that's a lot of money too. I don't really care. It's a lot. <laughs> and like, I think the thing that could hook me, could compel me is the team portion. Yeah. But do I care about teams of guys that I don't, I don't know. And there's, they're like changing the teams every event, apparently. Like they're redrafting. I would actually be more interested in the actual draft, which is outlined on their website, like how they're going to do it, than I am the, the tournament, I think. I want yeah. them to stand on the first tee 15 minutes before it starts and have them pick them schoolyard style. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. That would be that would be phenomenal. But then like you're repicking every week. It just the whole thing is again like logistically just not compelling at all. Like they yeah. it does not feel like the things are operating at a high level for the live golf folks. Well, I know we're talking about entertainment. I'm someone who knows entertainment and I'm going to bring him in. There he is. It's the coach. What's going on, coach? Oh, my gosh. I came up with the new uh, signature tagline for the Live Golf Series. I'm going to help him out a little bit. It's going to be the Live Golf. You know, you see the commercial for the first one. Live Golf Series, where old guys get paid. Yes. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all this is going to be. Everything you guys said the last two or three minutes is dead on. There's been a lot of stories and a lot of attention because we haven't started yet. When this starts, we know what's going to happen. People are going to be like, what? 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 No, I'm not going to watch this because I don't need to see somebody str struggle to shoot a 68. I don't need to see that. I know these aren't the top players in the world. I know they're not. So why would I watch them? I want to watch the best. What's the best. If I set the over-under coach at 25 and a half in terms of world ranking for the highest ranked player in the or the like the best ranked player in the field, are you taking closer? Are you taking under? So meaning closer to one? No. Or are you taking over, meaning closer to 50 or 100? Over, because most of the top 25 are young guys. They, they, you're not going to see, to me, I don't think you'll see one top player under the age of 30 make this because it would be the dumbest career move you could make because we, I think we all believe that this isn't going to be a lasting thing. This is not going to last for 20 or 25 years. So if they make the decision today, they're done with the PGA Tour and all – intents and purposes so to me everybody's got to be older because why if you're calling morikawa why would you ever do this why would you ever do this you wouldn't because you're sacrificing the next 30 years potentially so to me it's got to be north of that number rick well i agree with coach that like uh, in theory i think it's over 25 and a half because i don't think you'll get a lot of top players but looking at the world rankings like i could argue Louis at 20 might yeah. be, uh, okay. uh, but, but, but that aligns with coach's point anyway, KP it's about, it's about, it's more to, and I agree. I think it is more about age and your career trajectory and how much earning potential you have left versus your OWGR. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of this hinges on, uh, Paul Casey's 25, all, uh, number 25 also. So, that was a good number you threw out, 25. <laughs> I, I didn't I, – I hadn't looked at it, but it did turn out to be a good number. Um, Paul Casey – like if you're Paul Casey, give me Paul Casey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think your concern – if you're any of these guys, your concern is not necessarily – can I go back to the DP world tour? Can I go back to the PGA tour? But rather 
is the U.S. Open, or excuse me, are the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship going to ban me for the next for, forever for the rest of my career? Because, and 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 I think if you're if you're Colin Morikawa, like that really concerns you because you really care about major championships, mm-hmm. and so like the PGA Tour thing is a little. Like if you're calling more cowboy, it's a little disconcerting. But the major thing is like, yo, I can't, I can't take that that chance. I, I, that's not a risk that I can take. But if you're Paul Casey and you've never won a major and you've played in sixty of them, and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, am I really gonna go beat JT and Brooks and DJ and Rory and Xander and Cantlay and all these guys in in a in the same week at a major? Probably not. Like that's a risk i'm 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 willing to take the risk not necessarily of I, I don't i don't care about the dp world tour i'm willing to take the risk of being banned by the major championships just to go get paid because i'm probably not going to win one anyway right like that's sort of what these older guys are essentially saying and and i think the way that uh, in um we were kind of right. Uh, Patrick McDonald, who's one of our, our, or who's our new writer on CBSSports.com, he was writing today about how the response of the USGA at Brookline in two weeks is going to be fascinating. The response of of the Open Championship at St Andrews is going to be fascinating. I ultimately think they're not going to ban anybody because they don't want to be dragged into all this. But is that a risk you can take if you're if you're John Rom? No, it's not. It's just not. And I, and I and I don't think any of those guys, at least initially, will take that risk. Nine days away, coach. Nine days, no field. Um, you know, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, guess we'll see. We've been we've been punting this for eighteen months, being like, "Well, let me know when you have a player or two. Let me know when you have a field. Let me know when a tournament is on the schedule." Tournament's on the schedule. It's starting in nine days. Yeah. No idea who's playing. So I guess we've only got nine more days to wait. Well, I will be calling um, an event that particular week. Um, not this one, right? You didn't. You're not just announcing that you just got fucked by the Saudis, are you? Breaking no, I, news. I'm not announcing, but that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, no, and and true transparency, because I'm as open a book as they come. They have not contacted me. Nobody has called me. Nobody has said, "Hey, we'd like for you to come and announce." Um, and I thought they, to be honest with you, I thought that they would because of all the different places that I touch, but they have not. Um, and I just completely lost my train of thought because uh, you're you're announcing the uh, Canadian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing it, and they're also adding an event that week on the Golf Channel as well for the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so there's plenty of golf to watch that week, and I don't care where the Live Golf is because I've got the greatest job in the world, and I'm going to be using it, and I'm going to be doing it the week of their first event. I could not be prouder. Uh, I. I'm looking at the. T- I was trying to see how much these tickets were. I can't find the prices. Oh, here we go. Get in twenty bucks. No, 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 no. Grounds grounds passes for the Live Golf event in London. Uh, Thursday, okay. Friday, and Saturday. These are only three day events. Eighty five bucks a day. That's got to oh, be. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Eighty five bucks a day for grounds passes. Stop it. Just stop it. That that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. That is way more than a ticket to the PGA Tour event costs. It's almost it's almost tantamount to a Masters uh, weekly. Yes. yes. I think Masters is what, 450 for four days? Oh. Or something like that. I mean, this is, that's, that's just crazy. Everything they're doing, 
I got. I have to stop because everybody's going to accuse me of being a, a homer. Accuse me. Of, oh, I work for the PGA Tour. It's just even if I didn't, that's just that nothing about this attracts me at all, at all. And I'm like Rory. I'm just over it. Yeah, uh, we do have a fun event starting today. Uh, yeah, we do. College match play. I'm. I'm here for that. I'm my, here for that. My pokes taking on the Longhorns this morning. Yeah. yeah. So good. Watching. Watching. Okay. First of all. Uh, you think the current crop of professional golfers are long, KP? These kids you, are mashing it. Okay, did you see the kid from uh I didn't I didn't really watch on Monday. We were we were doing some family stuff, but did you see the kid from Vandy that hit 194 ball speed? Yeah. Like and listen, this is gonna be normal, dude. Like, 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 the tour yeah, is screwed. <laughs> he's yes. a freshman. And uh, listen, it's it's sort of like the the radar gun. You and I played, Rick, like the radar gun at ballparks. Like, you know, it's juiced by whatever, five miles an hour. But still, like, even if it's juiced by 12 miles an hour, the, the PGA Tour leaders, Cam Champ, Brandon Hagee, uh, Joseph Bramlett, I think is up there. They're at 188, 187, 185, respectively. Even if it's juiced by 10, the, this freshman from Vanderbilt still fits in like right, right behind those guys i mean it's it's astonishing it's unbelievable this is this is where technology coach has just erased the learning curve of the pga tour because you know 20 years ago guys who were the best amateurs the best college players didn't know how they could compete or if they could compete on the pga tour and now with technology knowing every number uh, from a track man knowing what their their spin rates are and all this fun stuff and then having these the college like Colin Morikawa and Ricky Fowler coming back and you knowing you can compete there, there is like no gap anymore between um the best college players some of the corn fairy guys it, it, it's incredible how deep this is we should have known that this was coming three years ago we should have been smart enough to say Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf were not just three guys that stuck out one year, that maybe there was more coming behind them because now we're starting to see these guys come out. And this is why the other day I got a picture from a bunch of guys that were having dinner in St. Augustine, Florida, where we do PGA Tour Live. And it was all guys that are in 44 to 48-year-old range, right? And the reason a lot of them are doing PGA Tour Live is because they just can't compete with the young guys that are coming out on tour. And they're saying, maybe I should get into the media now and instead of waiting for the Champions Tour when I turn 50. And it's not a knock on those guys. It's just how good these young cats are that are coming out ready to go on the PGA. They don't, they don't need the Corn Ferry. It helps, but some of them can come out and compete. And technology, Rick, to your point, is a big, big reason why. Well, and I, I think what's interesting is whether that that combined with the fact that you can get really rich at a really young age will kind of curtail some careers at 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, rather than like, I don't know if we're going to see somebody like Phil anymore, where he's winning over the course of 30 years. I mean, maybe, but I, th I just think Phil's career is so, uh, so impressive, but like, like I wonder if the career arc is more like a Ricky Fowler, right? Where where he's really good from like twenty three to twenty nine, and then he just sort of falls off some, and and he turns around and it's like, man, these guys are twelve years younger and they're they're a lot better. Like I don't, I, I think he's on the head. 
I think he hit the nail on the head. I think, I think, and, and again, about, about Ricky's a perfect example, KP. He, he made so much money off the course. Yeah. And, he, you know, Puma is raking in money for him. And how do you motivate yourself? When you start to have a baby, you get married and all that kind of stuff. You see it somewhere, and usually it's on their game. That's usually where it is. And I think and Rick, Ricky's, Ricky's kind of a pinata for the PG, for like whatever. People just kind of beat him up. And it's like, man, he's, he's had a good career. Like I was I was arguing with somebody about this at the PGA Championship. It's it's he was like, Well, but he was an awesome amateur, so like a ton was expected of him. And and that's true, but there's a lot of awesome amateurs that didn't have not had the career that he's had and he get he's a pinata because he has all the we've talked about this a million times he's had all the endorsements and a ton of his, is expected of him he's never won a major but man he he i think he's had a better career than most people would like think that that he's had based on how much he gets beat up by media no. and, and and people like us well you're on tv a lot you're on every commercial it, it's gonna happen just like patrick yeah. Mahomes. yeah same same thing uh, this was supposed to be our lead story, but we probably only need to spend like a minute or two on it. John Rom, John Rom, looking for some revenge out there, coach. He wins. So I, I think it's everyone remembers the six shot lead that he forfeits. Uh, WDing last year on Saturday night after testing positive for COVID. I think we all forgot, or at least I did. That was to defend his 2020 title. He was go- about to go back to back. So the last seven rounds for John Rahm at Mirfield Village have been nothing short of spectacular and now potentially back for a little bit of revenge. And I'm an idiot because based off what you just said, I should have been smart enough to find that nugget or think about that nugget three weeks ago when I used Rom at the PGA Championship and he did nothing for me that particular week. But, yes, there's certain guys, and you're going to see it in my picks coming up, that when they come to this course and they come to this event, they absolutely love it. It's their sweet spot, and none more so than John Rahm. And based off of the last time we saw him, remember when that was? Mexico Open. What did he do? He won. And coming out of that, there's no more all. Oh, was a weak field. He got the job done when he was expected to get the job done. That's the same this week. Can he do it two starts in a row? I think that he can because I think he's one of those guys that likes to ramp up for a big-time summer, and it all starts today. I wish I could use him in one and done, but I can't. Rick, do you do you view this um, this golf course as I, – I, I saw some of y'all's podcast on Monday. I, I didn't listen to all of it, but um, do you view this golf course as more of a regular PGA Tour event or more of a major championship test? Uh, I think more of a major championship test, especially after the reno- like the renovations where Jack was basically like, we're like, these scores are getting too low. We're not going to let this, let us get walked all over here. The fact that um, two, two things, the penal rough there, there's wide fairways, but if you do miss the fairway, uh, it's one of the biggest penalties out there on tour, major championship course or, or not playing out of the rough. And then uh, also greenside KP, like these are probably some of the trickiest short game areas that they get. And when you put that together with the field strength, that's probably going to be 600 or more. This is, this is closer to a major. Yeah. I, I think that's right. 
or I think I agree with that. Um, it man, it felt like a major in 2020 when Rom won, right? It was it was just it was so difficult, and they I thought they're they're like what they did with the course from week over week, from the workday charity to the memorial was just extraordinary. I mean, it it it, it shows like how different a course can like. A golf course based on where you put the tees, how much you dry it out, how fast and firm it is can can just be it's like you're not you're not even playing the same course. Right. And but the thing that I have a hard time reconciling is you've had some weird winners here. Right. You had the 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 David Lingmurth. Uh, Kucher wasn't necessarily a weird winner, but he's not uh, a major champion. There's there was a couple. I, I don't have the list. Here but but I mean you've had you've also had Bryson Hideki Cantlay twice John Rahm I mean yeah yeah so I think that I think I probably agree um, which makes me want to change my pick already based, based on <laughs> based on who I picked uh, we might get Bryson this week by the way I think we are getting Bryson this week It'd be great well, let's go I just picked him to miss the cut to be honest. He might miss the cut as well. We might only get Bryson for two days, but I think we will get Bryson this week. <laughs> uh, all right, Jets. Well, listen, hey, let's talk about the picks. Uh, we've got our best bets. We've got our one and done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. Best bets here. This is where we go over to Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every square pixel of that website and we find the best possible wager that we can. Mr. Coach, the coach, excuse me, my apologies. Uh, you have like opted, Mr. Coach, that's Mr. good. Coach, Dr. Coach, Senior Coach. We can, there's a lot. The coach, I'll you have opted for a top 10 wager this week. What have you opted for? Uh, my top 10 this week looks a little something like this, uh, Xander Shoffley. And I have not picked Xander probably for months for any of my picks because he's been playing okay. But to me, he hasn't been playing great, but a couple of weeks ago at the Zurich with Patrick Cantley, that was nice. Then a couple of weeks after that, he started playing a little bit better. So to me, it's a safe top 10 to have Xander in this spot of plus 200. Uh, KP, I don't think you're going to offer uh, much to dispute that because you also have opted for Xander Shoffley as your top 10. Yes, I have. He's finished in the top uh, 15 at this event in his last four starts. Uh, he just is super consistent here. And it's a little bit, it goes back to kind of our major championship course setup thing where Xander's been really consistent at majors. He hasn't won yet, but he's been super, super consistent. And I think you see the same thing uh, at uh, at Muirfield Village as well. 
So two Xanders inside the top 10 for Coach and KP. I went a little bit further down the board and went with Sungjae, who picked up uh, right where he left off after a month break, and he's putted a lot better on Bentgrass Greens as of late. So that's plus 320 if it comes in. But let's let's go longer than this. And look at you two. Kyle and the coach. I know. Absolute lockstep here. KP, I'll give you first crack at the sleeper this time. Well, uh, I've got Patrick Reed. Uh, Reed's had, again, a lot of success here. I have it somewhere in front. He finished fifth here last year, T10 uh, the year before that. Uh, And he was interesting last week at uh, Colonial, right? He finished T7 uh, and actually drove the ball better than he has been. I, I think, did he put a new driver in play? Is that right, Rick? Nobody makes golf clubs like we do, period. Yeah, he's out of PXG, baby. He's got something else in the bag, and all of a sudden, hitting it further, hitting it straighter, maybe a little bit of confidence, KP. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, again, I, I saw that uh, on the podcast on Monday that uh, around the green play has been uh, extraordinarily important at Muirfield Village, and, and Reed's one of the best. Uh, <laughs> You can insert your jokes here, but he's one of the best uh, around the. I mean, he might be the best in terms of around the greens on the PGA Tour. So I thought 50 to one. He's got a ton of win equity. He It wouldn't be surprising if he was competitive going into uh, going into the final round here. Uh, 50 to one coach Patrick Reed certainly trending in the right direction. And anytime you get him on kind of a harder setup that as KP notes rewards the short game, Patrick Reed becomes quite enticing. Well, I'm not even going to address that. I'm going to address John in the chat. He says, Coaches Barkley of golf fade his picks and get paid. KH Lee plus 9,000. Let's continue on, Rick. <laughs> John Clark, thanks for checking in. Uh, I'm going with Brendan Steele, 80 to 1. He's figured it out. He's broken out of the slump. He's back to ball striking it. Listen, he's going to need to find a putter. It's probably not going to happen, but he can contend. He can finish inside the top 10 without said putter. Can I can I read you the uh, top five in strokes game ball striking over the last 20 rounds? I would love that. Jordan, yeah. Jordan Spieth first. Rory McIlroy second. Colin Morikawa third. Brendan Steele fourth. And then uh, Cam Smith is... Cam Smith is fifth, even though he's losing strokes off the tee, which is, is kind of unbelievable. Yeah, he's been... Unreal, unreal on the approach. Uh, okay, gents, that leaves us with our picks to win. I'll just get out of the way here. Rory McElroy, 12 to 1. KP just noted the ball striking numbers. The thing that, that has doomed Rory at Muirfield Village in the past has been the around the green play. In the midst of his best around the green season, probably ever, he's figured yeah. out. Uh, put those two things together. Rory McElroy, my pick to win. Coach. Ooh, if this one, if this comes through, coach, that would be three wins in four years at the memorial for him. I hate the number, but you can't get around that at this course, it's horses for courses. And for those people who don't know, and John, listen very carefully, because I do work for the PGA Tour. I do spend time around these players. I do know the behind the scenes stuff. And there is not a tournament, not a tournament, that Patrick Cantlay wants to win more than this tournament this week because Jack Nicholas has become a mentor to him. He got him out of the dark days. So when he shows up here, I don't care what he's done. He comes to win, and I think he wins, wins this week and goes back to back. Patrick Cantlay, 14-1 to 1 for the coach. And Kyle, 
as much as I love this guy at 25 to one, I have to poke fun when you pick a winner who has never won on the PGA tour. Who is I know I, I, I thought about that as soon as I did it, but he's been playing so well. I, I can't like, is he going to be, uh, like you see the next Tommy Fleetwood where he just gets close, gets close, gets close, gets close, but never actually wins on the PGA tour. Do you think that's, do you think that's what's in store for Matt Fitzpatrick? I, I, I don't think that would be fair for Fitzpatrick because he has always been a, a very well-rounded golfer and he's driving it way better now than I think people would even realize. I believe we are still on an upward, very much upward trajectory for Matt Fitzpatrick. So I believe it would be unfair to say, hey, he might end up like Tommy Fleetwood. So total total strokes gained uh, in the last 20 rounds. Shane Lowry's first, Cam Smith, Rory, Spieth, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's been awesome. So Fitzpatrick is fifth out of all those guys. And he's just, his game's super well-rounded right now. And, and you know, he, he came close here, what was that, two years ago, three years ago? I think he finished T2 when he had, didn't he have Bones on the bag for that week or something? He did. Oh. Bones stepped in for one week. Yeah. Which was which was kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean, listen, like he was he was in the top whatever four going into the final round of the PGA Championship. I think he's having his best year ever. I don't have the strokes gain numbers like for his career in front of me right now, although I could get him pretty quick. Um, yeah, he's having by far his best year ever. So I just I I hope they can do. I hope it's fast and firm because I think that will kind of play into his hands, especially if he keeps driving it as straight as he is. Yeah, should have played last week. Probably would have. Probably would have won the thing. Not get to get to nine under, get into a playoff. Should have should have seen you out there. Can't lay Rory Fitzpatrick for the three of us for winners. Which gentleman leaves us with one final thing to do? It is our one and done selections. There's a lot of money on the line. 12 million bucks in the purse. We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. One and done. I have the fan selection in. And it was kind of a runaway here, guys. Uh, Third place for the fans, Cam Young, 11% of the vote. Not the fan selection. Patrick Cantlay was number two with 15.8% of the vote and with 32 percent of the vote the fans have opted for a little revenge john rom to be their pick for this one and done coach that should probably not be much of a surprise yeah finally the fans are getting it right the fans uh, the last several weeks they try to outsmart themselves that's what they try to do because that's what all golf betters try to do sometimes it's right in front of you and john rom's the play good job fans I am quite upset about this because I've received the Sia Najad mush. Uh, Sia has gone with Colin Morikawa. I, too, have gone with Colin Morikawa. Uh, KP, this one just kind of played itself for me. I, I Basically, everybody but me and Sia had already used Morikawa. He's got the great history around here. I'm not particularly thrilled about uh, the form that he has coming in, but I saw no other path but to me playing CM. Yeah, it's weird that Morikawa hasn't won this season, right? It feels like he has, but he hasn't. I think he's one of only like two guys that are in the top 12 in money earned that hasn't won. I think it's him and Cam Young, maybe, are the only two. Uh, and you see both of those guys a lot on this list, uh, which is which is interesting. 
That's kind of funny. That that quickly reminds me of, of Jerry Rice years ago, what KP just said. You think he would, but he didn't. Like really hardcore analysis. Jerry Rice once looked at me and I said, Hey, who's gonna who's gonna win tonight? How are the Patriots gonna win? He goes, Coach, the Patriots have to play great on offense and defense. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaned back in his chair. I was like, This is why you don't have a full time job in sports like, I, media, Jerry. I'm, I'm the man. Did you hear that analysis? I am the man. Okay, so top fifteen on the PJ Tour and money earned this year. Everybody has a win except for Will Zalatoris, Cam Young, and Colin Morikawa. Well, I guess he should. Colin should just end that this week. He should just add his name. He should. He this would be the third workday event out of three that he won, if he could pull the it triple off. Triple crown. The triple workday crown. Yeah, I love it. This one's for you, workday. There you um, go. KP. Ooh, Mito Pereira. Yeah. Now, I was talking to Jacob before we started here. Mito Pereira, Cam Young, Shane Lowry, um, Davis Riley. Those are some examples of why I think from week one, you should just put your foot on the gas pedal and just start using stars because guys like this are going to open up. Guys that you didn't think about before the season started are going to become available to you. I don't even like to save guys because you can play Mito and Cam and Davis and all these guys later in the year. Yeah, I think that I think that you probably want to save guys for majors, which I've but even then, like, would anybody at the beginning of the year have said, like, okay, I'm going to save Will Zalatoris for a major? And now there's maybe nobody better to play it. Or, I mean, there's better guys, but there's he's in the top six or eight that you would select for a major championship. So I think that's a good point. Uh, Mito, I was really, I was actually maybe more impressed by what he did at Colonial last week to follow an emotional PGA like that with a top 10 at Colonial. Uh, was big time, especially because he didn't have any top tens going into the PGA in in uh, in 2022. So his last couple of weeks have been awesome. I knew I would kind of be a lone wolf on this, which I like. Uh, I wanted to take Zalatoris, uh, but I got scared because he has missed his last two PGA Tour cuts, even though he finished second at a major. So I might swap him out for Brooks at the U S open. I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I don't really know what to do as Alatoris right now. So anyway, I went with Mito cause I don't think I'm going to take him at any point the rest of the year. Greg and Mark have bought both gone with cam young. So Greg at 4.9 million Mark at 9.4. So that is who we are rooting against this week. Uh, coach you're, 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 you're all in. On Patty Ice. I I was a little surprised I still had him left, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I had to double and triple check to make sure I had him uh, left. But thank goodness he hasn't been playing great this year because I did have him left. And I really think that he is one of those players, we talk about it all the time, that can flip the switch and one week can turn his entire season around. I think this week is that week. And you mentioned it, a little bit more money. This has been elevated the last several years on the PGA Tour. So we have a good chance, even though the numbers say that Mark is running away with it, this thing isn't over yet. Not by a long shot. So this week is a big week for us. A lot of money on the line. Is Cam Young going to be on the President's Cup team? Uh, you want me to text him real quick and ask him? Because I was texting him earlier this week. talking to. Do you want me to ask him? Yeah. Ask him if he's going to be on the President's Cup team. I'll get an answer for you next week. As I also told him, he'd probably be in a one and done could you take the week off, Cam? 
He's like, uh-huh. no chance. No chance. Uh, he won't be. And it's not, it's not against him. He's awesome. There's just too many guys. There's, there's 30 Americans. And yeah. there, there will also be, unless he plays his way on. He's, but he's 16th right now. He won't I mean, be a captain's pick because captains will they'll give the veterans a chance and guys who are more deserving by whatever stupid criteria they want to use. Cam Young probably should be on the team. It's just too deep. He won't be on he's, the team. He's 16th. Uh, Tom Hoagie is ninth. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Hoagie is ninth. Taylor, Gooch, Taylor Gooch is 11. Jason Kokrak, 12. And then Cam, Reed, uh, Cam Young is ahead of Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Daniel Berger, and... Bryson and Brooks as well. Man, man. The competition is going to be about who makes the team more so than yes, the competition. That's going to be great. Yeah. By the way, real quick, I wanted to tip my cap because I wasn't on at the start of the show to Harold Varner the third. I don't know if you guys pointed this out, but over the course of 45 minutes on Sunday, he lost over $1.3 million. And he was- still stayed and signed autographs after that round. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tip of the cap to him. You lose over a million dollars. Man, you're walking to the car and you're on to the next town. Not him. Good job, HV3. Uh, if I lose a million dollars, I'm in the fetal position. I will not be walking <laughs> anywhere. So don't worry about that. Uh, Jacob, come in here. I got to get you out of here in like two minutes. So, Jacob, real quick, your pick is John Rahm. But also, you and I, we had the stopwatch out this morning because the deadline to get the pick in was 10 a.m. Eastern time. And Mark Edelman submitted his selection at about 9.59 and 57 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. There was, I guess, a little bit of a a miscommunication or something. I mean, everyone else knew what time the record was today. And Mark told me, he's like, I'm going to get you my one and done pick by 10.30. And I'm like, buddy, you know, we recorded 10. And literally at 9.59, he gets the message in that he's going with Cameron Young. So. I was rooting against it. Uh, I know it's not a thing you do in golf, but I was certainly, I was certainly rooting for him to miss that putt, so to speak. Um, who would he have? Who would he have gotten otherwise? William, William McGirt, John Pock. Yeah. John what, did, Pock. what did we decide? Was it the lowest OWGR? The lowest, the lowest WGR ranked player. Who, anyone playing on a medic, major medical? Well, it's it's problem? technically it's James Piot. He's an amateur, the kid from Michigan State. So. Oh, yeah. No, the, the uh, professional is William McGirt. He's 1,249 in the world. There you has go. He won here? He, he's won here, hasn't he? Yeah. That, yeah, he's won here. That, that, of course, he would get somebody that has won on this course. Uh, <laughs> all right, John Rom for Jacob. Do we have that graphic for the best bets real quick, Jacob? Let's just do two. All right, so I skipped this. Uh, here are our best bets. Coach went with Morikawa, top 10. I went with Power, top 20. Kyle went with Xander, top 20. Plus 210, plus 200, plus 100, respectively, gentlemen. I got to get you out of here. We got other responsibilities. It has been an absolute pleasure. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find the coach at the Coach Rules, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.